0: Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go to Mark's Gospel, Chapter 4. Mark, Chapter 4. We'll start there. And I want to talk about this subject tonight. Um, And it's not a new subject, but it's one we need to hear from time to time. About keeping cares out. Uh, In other words, keep them out of your heart, keeping cares out of your heart. So we'll talk about this for a little bit here tonight. I think it's going to bless you and help you. And if it doesn't, don't tell me. I don't want to know. But the Word should bless you, right? Mark chapter 4, the Bible says this, and, you know, we're cutting into some things here. This is the parable of the sower sows the Word and how the seed fell on different ground and so forth, and and Jesus is talking about that. How many want to be good ground? You know, he said some 30, some 60, some 100. And, uh, you know, that's not up to God. That's up to us whether we're 30, 60, or 100. It just depends on how much we uh, want to give ourselves to it. But he, he lists some different ground that the word fell on. And, uh, you know, in verse 18, Jesus said, And these are they which are sown among thorns. Now, how many of thorns is the curse, right? So there can be like you know you can be saved, but you can still have things in your life that are cursed. That's right. Amen. You know that 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 you know that doesn't really need to be there. And uh, and you know we're not necessarily talking about sin. The Bible talks about weights that hold us back, but you know there could there could be things there, you know uh, different things that could 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 uh, be thorns. And uh, he so. Uh, he says these are they which are sown among thorns. Uh, such as hear the word, so that's good, they hear the word, right? right. Well, no, just because you heard the word doesn't mean the word's working. Come on. Right. Right. And he says, the cares of this world, which is what we're going to talk about tonight, the, the deceitfulness of riches, you know, God doesn't mind you having riches, how many know that? He just doesn't want riches to have you, right? See, that's a misconception, really. It's a big misconception a lot of, a lot, a lot of, amongst a lot of church people that they think that the Bible tells us that we're not supposed to have money. The Bible never said anything about that. It told us to, to beware that it doesn't have us. Right. Remember that rich young ruler that walked away? He, you know, Jesus said, sell all you have and give to the poor. Well, that's the only person Jesus ever told that to do, to do that. You know? but the, and, the, and the reason why is because it had him. I mean, sometimes things got you. You, you got you to gotta walk away from it because it's the only way it's going to break off of you. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, I heard a guy say one time, he said, you know, he kept having problems in his, his joints, you know, and his body, and he prayed about it, and he kept getting the word coffee, and it kept coming to him, coffee, and he thought, well, you know, maybe that's my problem. He said, I drank like 27 cups of coffee a day. <laughs> uh, well, you know, anything that you have 27 of a day is probably not good for you, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's... You know, I could have told you that without even, you wouldn't have to fast or pray. Just come to me and ask pastor, should I drink 27 cups of coffee today? And I said, you don't even need to fast and pray. The answer is no. Right, Brother Greg? You don't need to drink 27 Diet Mountain Dews a day either, right? Praise God. He's delivered. Hallelujah. But you know what? See, there's some things in your life. How many ever had things like that that you couldn't just like have a little bit of it? You know, there's certain things that I get. I can't just have a little bit of it because I want to eat the whole thing. Yeah. Peanut brittle's that way, especially if it's good. And it's like, you know, I'm on an assignment. I got to get rid of it. I, and my thought is not a rational thought, but it's like, let's get rid of it, get it out of the house so it's not tempting me any longer. So instead of removing it, I just eat it, and then we're done with it. But I don't know. doesn't seem to work. But. So, so here, you know, there, there, there's, there's, there's things sometimes in our life, you know, like when we talks about the deceitfulness of riches. He's not talking about it's wrong to have money. It's wrong to be deceived by it. Money won't. How I many you know money won't make you happy? No. Now people think it well, but, I, but you just got to know. I mean, you get a new car. There's always a nicer one than the one you got, right? Yeah. You know, I'm, I mean, a few years ago I bought a new truck, and the next year they updated them. Yeah. They put things on. It's like, man, I wish I'd have had that. But, I many know oh, that never stops, does it? You know, I remember when computers first started coming out. Man, they just kept jumping and leaping and, you know what I mean? They just kept progressing so fast and all. And uh, you get one and the more you got, it seemed like it's outdated. But but listen, this, this is what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about riches deceive you. In other words, they mean more to you than the things of God. That's what he's talking about. And then he said, and lust of other things. Now, what's that? Well, that could be a lot of things, just things that you put first in your life before God's Word. Now, let me just say this to you because all of us, <laughs> that's probably not a believer unless they're just really totally, totally gut level on us. If you ask them, say, do you love God's Word above everything else? And they say, oh, yeah, I do. But see, it's not what we say. I mean, it's what we do, right? See, you can say anything, but you've got to do the right things, right? Now look at this, he says, and so, so entering, now notice this, let's just back up, verse 19. And the cares of this world the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things. Notice this, this is real important, entering in. I mean, if you underline your Bible, you ought to underline that. Because, you know, we're all going to have cares of this life that we have to deal with, right? <laughs> we're all going to have these things come at us, but it's when they enter in, they choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So there is something, there is something that can stop the working of God's word in your life. Isn't that right? Well, he You know, Pastor, I hear you preach on this, but the word doesn't work for me. The word works, but sometimes there's things that's choking it out. And, if, and one of the things he says will choke it out, which we're going to talk about tonight, is the cares of this life. Just the worries, the things that, you know, come with life. If you let them have too big a place in you, you know, you've got a problem. Right? See, the Word won't work in your life if there's anything else in your life that's bigger than it. It chokes it out. Didn't he say the Word could be choked out? All right, so how I many we better pay attention to this, right? Because we don't want the Word choked out. Now, now, one of the things that I want to talk about tonight that, that he said choked out the Word was, was the, the cares of this life, the, the distractions, the worries... You know, we all have things we have to do, right? You know, I'm a detailed person. Every, every day of the week, I've got it written down, you know, what I'm going to do that day. You know, it doesn't always work out that way, but I like for it to. You know what I'm saying? And if, you, if you're going to die, let me know a couple days ahead of time so I can put it on the calendar. All right? So, now maybe you're not that way. Some people are just fly by the seat of your pants and they get it done and it works for them. That's fine. If if that works for you, great. But me, I've got it written down. This is what I'm going to do. It's it's by my chair in my study, Monday. There's a column, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I know what I'm doing Sunday. I'm going to come here and preach, all right? And then I'm going to go, if I'm not preaching somewhere else, I'm going to go sleep in my chair while football's going on, all right? So I already got that day planned, right? Now, <clears throat> now, now my, my point is this. See, you, you know, you, we have to understand that God's Word, you know, as powerful as it is, as strong as it is, if we let something else get bigger in our life, it chokes it out. It stops working. And if you say, well, the Word doesn't work for me. Well, the Word does work, but it's got to be first place. That's what Jesus meant when he said, seek first the kingdom of God. In other words, it's got to mean more to you than anything else. God's word's precious to me. It was from the first day I got born again. I started reading the Bible. You know what I'm saying? People say, well, I don't understand the Bible. Hey, don't give me that, man. I wasn't a reader. I was a drug user. You know what I'm saying? My mind was had some frying on it, you know? It needed some healing. It needed some deliverance, and I started because I didn't know. You know how many, You know there's there's so many different translations today. Some are easy reading and all that. I didn't know any about that. I just had the King James Bible. Man, I, I don't tell me you can't understand it. I understood it. I I did something that you have to do. It's called study. Hallelujah. That's not a curse word. Look, look at me like that. You got to study this. show yourself approved. And so I, because you know there was old English in there. And uh, I would read, you know, like, I think it's in Corinthians, the King James is the word, uh, W-O-T, what, W-O-T. Well, the guys I ran around didn't use that word. None of them said what. And they said what, W-H-A-T, but not W-O-T. And so when I ran into that, guess what I had to do? I had to go look it up and find out what it meant. Right? And I found that meant something like to know. And I'm thinking, well, I didn't just put to know. But that was old English, right? Yeah. All right. So so I'm just simply saying to you, the word has to be real important to you, right? Yeah. If it's going to work in your life, so well, I never get healed, I never get this, I never get any blessed, I never get that. Well, God, don't blame it on God. No. Right? Yeah. Don't blame it on him. Go back and look and check yourself out. Don't condemn yourself, but go back and check yourself out. Yeah. And see, is there something in my life that's more important than God's word? Amen? Because this thing about care, if, when it gets big in your life, it chokes the Word out. Now, now it's, it, you, know, you may think, well, this isn't a really major subject in the Word of God. But you know the truth of the matter is it really is. Jesus talked about it in several places. He addressed it. The Apostle Paul talked about it in several places. Peter talked about it. You know, it's in the book of Psalms. It's, it's, in, it's throughout the Word of God. It's really a big deal because it has an effect in your life. Look at John chapter 14. John 14, go there. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm just believing God healed. Everybody comes to our church that's fighting this junk that's going around. You know, I've talked to some of them over the phone and uh, just believe they're being healed. I remember several years ago, matter of fact, when we were in our first building, if any of you were around then. you know, with something was going around. And, I mean, people were getting sick for like two weeks. I mean, they were just taking people out. And our people were like two or three days, and I went to the God, about I said, we believe in healing here. What, what is this about these people getting sick? He said, well, did you notice they're only gone for two or three days? He said, it's working, isn't it? And I said, well, okay, praise God. Right? I mean, you know, it, it's having some effect in their lives. Amen. So I say that to everybody that's fighting it. Short-lived in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> now, John 14 verse 27 look look at this Jesus said peace i leave with you my peace i give unto you not as the world gives he's not giving us peace like the world you know through life insurance and health insurance and Michelin tires come on you know what i'm saying you know peace of mind cuz you know we you got this security system right you know, I remember my uncle had a security system. He had to sign up on his his fence that says, forget the dog, beware the owner. <laughs> Never mind the dog. He's not going to be the problem if you break in here. It's going to be me, right? <laughs> a guy came by to sell me a security system the other day. Either day, it was about three or four weeks ago, a month ago, two years ago. Uh, anyway... <laughs> He tried, he was out trying, and, he, and he said, well, what do you do for security? I said, I'm the security here. Anybody tries to break in, I'll take care of them. I'll wake Phyllis up. <laughs> hey, that really happened one night in one house we lived in. Somebody came by and jingled the door, trying to open the back door there. I heard it, and I told well, Phyllis, I said, hey, go check us who that was. <laughs> you know what? She wouldn't go. I had to go. And let me tell you something, I was younger in those days, they wouldn't have ran ran, wanted to ran into me, man, because I was younger in those days, I still had muscles. I still got them, they're just hidden. Amen. Now, notice Jesus said, uh, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, uh, give unto you. Let, look this now, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So, so whose job is it to keep your heart from being troubled? It's our job, isn't it? He said, you let not your heart be troubled. You don't let it be troubled. See, it's your job. So you could say, well, pastor, will you, will you pray for me that my heart will not be troubled? Well, the only way I, that's ever even going to remotely work is if you made a decision that you're not going to let it be troubled. Then I could add my faith with you and we could expect some power. But if you haven't made up your mind to, not, to, to, not, to, to let not your heart be troubled, like Jesus said, then nothing's going to help you right? See, see the, the psalmist said, uh, talking about worry and so forth, he said, it's vain for you to stay up late. It's vain for you to rise up early. I love that scripture. How <laughs> many like that? Tell your boss that. The Bible says it's vain for me to get up early. See about 10. Tell me how that works, all right? No, don't do that because you'll stop tithing. 'Cause you won't have any money. No. How many know he's talking about it's vain for you to set up late to rise up early with worry, with care. And then he says, listen, it's to eat the bread of sorrows. How many know you choose what you're gonna eat? Don't you? It's your choice. What are you gonna eat? You gonna eat the bread of sorrows or are you gonna eat the bread of life? It's our choice. We can choose, you know, uh, every day I make the choice of what I'm going to eat. And, you know, normally it's that way. Now, if I'm in somebody else's custody, I'm, you know, at their house or I'm on the mission field, then I don't have that choice. They're going to choose for me what I'm going to. Well, actually, they're going to choose what they're going to set before me. I've learned a long, I've been at this a long time. I've been on the mission field a bunch of times. I've learned how to move the stuff around on your plate that makes it look like you're eating it. Amen, and there's some places that that's necessary. Okay, but how I many know you choose what you want to eat? You go to restaurants, you choose what you want to eat. Right? I'll take the fish. Amen. I'll take the steak. Right? Yeah. See, I've made a quality decision. There's certain things I don't eat. I don't eat. I don't eat cottage cheese. I don't eat spoiled milk. <laughs> that's all it is. This milk's gone bad. I don't drink it. I don't eat it. You may love it. That's all right. Right? Amen? Did your Bible say, let not? Is that right? Your Bible or your phone or your device, whatever you got. I never would have thought when I first started preaching, I would say, open your Bible, your device, your phone, your watch to John chapter 14. (laughs) Right? Children's church, you get get money for doing this. You get Bible bucks for bringing your Bible. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if they let them use their phone or not, but anyway, they get... (laughs) Points for that, but but if you got a Bible, how many know it says that, right? It says who who you let not, not God. So if if how many know if we don't do anything, then God can't help us. Does that make sense to you? See, we have to step in. We have to do something. We have to say no. I'm not going to be troubled about that. Now I'm going to show you there's reasons why we can go to Luke chapter uh, 21. Go there. We're going to look at some scripture tonight. Is this all right? Not going to preach long. But just long enough to get this point across, and um, we'll be done tonight. But go to Luke chapter 21. Thank God for the Word. Thank God for the Word. We need to do like Gideon. You know, Gideon Gideon built that altar, and he called it Jehovah, uh, Jehovah Shalom. He built an altar to the Lord, Jehovah Shalom, which means the Lord of peace, or the Lord is my peace, or the Lord bring peace. We need to build an altar of peace in our heart, man where we're not troubled by all this stuff going on. Because let me, let me give you a word, all right? This isn't, a, this isn't a, a real exciting word for some people, but the truth of the matter is things aren't going to get any better in the world, right? If you're waiting for this to pass, you're going to be waiting a long time because the rapture is going to happen. And that's when it's going to be over for us, right? But, it, but according to, I, I, if I read my Bible correctly, and I, and I, I, think, I think I see this we're, we're there, man. We're it. We're in the last of the last days. That's exciting to me. This is it. You know where Paul said in the last days, these things will happen? When you look that up in the Greek, it means the very last, the very end, the very end, the end of the end. This is it. It's, it's almost, man, it's the last week of school. Hallelujah. It's party time. Come on! Didn't y'all get excited the last week of school? We didn't try to do anything, you know. I don't know why I always remember this. I remember the last week. I remember the last week of school we had one year. Uh, it was the last week and the last week of our school. It was, la- in other words, they were, we. It was the last week of us going to school, and it was the last week of them ever having school in the old Petersburg High School. They'd already torn down part of it. The, grade school park, but the high school, so, so the last week, near the last day, we were in study hall, and we just had a great time, man, we took the paneling off the wall, everything else, we helped them tear it down, praise God, it was exciting, you don't get to do that very often, and not get in trouble, but dad, we're going to tear the building down, so hey, here we go, let's get it started, all right, now, in Luke chapter, that's where we're at, man, we're in the last of the last, it's time to tear the paneling down off the wall. Let me explain. Paneling. <laughs> Fake wood. You nailed it to the wall. All right. I wasn't thinking about that. Paneling. What is a paneling? Paneling. All right. Luke chapter uh, 21. Go to verse 25. And Jesus said, There shall be signs. How you many know there's signs, right? Yep. Right? Signs? Right? You know? Now, so, you know, you, you, you got you to pay attention to the signs, right? See, you live around here, you don't pay attention to the signs. When you drive them down the road, you don't pay attention to the signs. You just know where to turn at. But how you know, we need to pay attention to the signs. They're signs. When you're, when you're right in an unfamiliar place, you pay attention to the signs. Don't you? Well, I know, you know, today we got the, the GPS and you don't have to pay as much attention because, you know, they, it tells you where to turn, right? But it's not always right. One time Phyllis and I were taking, used my GPS to go to a restaurant and kept taking us to a junkyard. Three times. Phyllis finally said, I'm not eating here. <laughs> we just had to do it the old-fashioned way. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now, look, look at this in Luke, Luke 25, 21, 25. And, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. See, we read this. I think we read this uh, Sunday morning, maybe. I mean, we're already seeing that, right? And upon the earth, distress of nations or anguish of nations with perplexity. The word perplexity just means to be at a loss. The sea and the waves roaring. Well, you I know, mean, we're 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 entering into this time right now, aren't we? You know, the sea, uh, the sea waves roaring. Well, you know, we saw that in two thousand and five with that tsunami that killed 230,000 people. I mean, that was that's that was a last day sign. That people, I don't think realize it, but it was. It's a Bible sign. And then you know. I mean, all nations don't know what to do now, right, do they? They don't know how to fix things. I mean, we're hearing the world say it. Now, it used to be the church say things are in a mess. Now we're hearing the world saying it. It's crazy. It's, what's going on? I mean, people out on the street, your, hair, your hairdresser, my hairdresser. <laughs> my hairdresser thinks, what's going on? Every time I go to her. and I'm easy. You know what I'm saying? If I go to, I haven't been a barber in years. I think you can tell that, but uh, there's my hairdresser right there. And I'm my hairdresser too. I cut my own sometimes. All right. Now, I don't know why you you didn't need to know that. But anyway, how, how many, how many understand that we are in this place, right? I said, we're in this place, right? Right, exactly what Jesus said. We, are, we have entered into that. We, we are in the beginnings of that. <clears throat> and he says in verse 26, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. How I many of that shakings going on? But it's going to get more intense, see? And, he's, and he said literally that men's hearts would fail them. Uh, you know, and there's a couple meanings to this, really. I, I believe it means literally fail, literally quit heart attacks, that kind of thing. But what it says failing, it also means to sigh or to breathe out. Have you ever had so much stuff going on, so much went wrong, you just went, ah. that's what's happening with our world right now. Our world is just like going, ah. what do we do now? Well, God's got the answers, doesn't he? The church, the true church that's walking in the Word has the answers. I'm not sighing, are you? I'm not going, huh, what are we going to do? I know what we're going to do. We're going to go up. Come on. It's Amen. called rapture of the church. Yeah. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming to get his church. Here, yeah. Amen. And frankly, if y'all, I'm talk, not talking to you, I'm talking to the world. If y'all just would listen to us, we wouldn't be in this mess. Yeah. 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 What do you mean? Well, if you live by God's word, we don't have all this mess. Amen. you know God's word plainly tells us about a lot of the things that we're, are the, that the world's arguing about that the world the Word of God plainly tells us the answer to that. don't kill babies. Go to the right bathroom, <laughs> wear the right clothes. Amen. I mean I figured this out when I was a, a little kid. Amen. I haven't been to a women's bathroom for at least six years. <laughs> and the, well, that was by mistake. You know, I ran into this restaurant and I'm, I had to go to the bathroom before I went to the counter and it said, it said hens. And it, you know, I didn't know the, the men said roosters and the women says hens. And me being me, I just read men's. I throw that door open and walk in there, you know, like, Hey, man, where's the urinals at? Oh, well. Cheap bathroom. I go into the stall. I'm in there, and all of a sudden it hits me. Wait a minute. I'm in the wrong bathroom. I'm in the women's bathroom. Oh, my gosh. I got to get out of here because I'm not that way. You know what I'm saying? Right? I I don't wear women's underwear, cologne, clothing. I appreciate women. I married one. I love women. Amen. But I love men. I wanted to be men, me men, women to be women. I said I love women. That probably didn't come out right, but anyway. (laughs) Y'all know what I mean, right? I'm married to one woman. That's it. Got it. All right. So how many of the Bible addresses all these things, you know? You know what I'm saying? Like guys play on guys' basketball team and women play on Women's basketball team. And just because you're a guy and you think you're a woman, we can check it out and tell you. It's stamped on you. <laughs> Moving right along. Praise the Lord. Thank God Jesus is coming. Praise God. If this world gets any worse, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to hurt somebody. Uh, now notice this. He says, and Then shall they see the Son of Man coming in power... In the cloud with power and great glory. Now listen, now, now notice this. He talked about what's going to happen. Men's hearts are going to fill them from fear. All of this is going to be taking place. These things are going to happen. How many know they're going to happen? And he's just simply letting us know there's going to be a rare commodity in the last days. It's going to be peace. Peace is going to be a rare commodity. Remember when toilet paper was hard to come by? Y'all went out, because y'all went out and bought it like crazy. I know I did. Every time I, was, I said, man, buy toilet paper, buy toilet paper. You know, it's like I had to get delivered from this f- toilet paper fear. I had to have a deliverance service. Like it'd be all right. There's still leaves. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> remember that short. And and we're still experiencing shortages. Have you know that we're still seeing things that you can't get like you used to could get. You know, but 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 Jesus said the the commodity that's going to be rare in the last days is peace. But God's people should have peace. Yeah. God's people should have their hearts shouldn't be troubled because Jesus said this look at this he said verse 28 and when these things began to come to pass I mean we're there right now right they have begun I believe they've already begun when when these things began to come to pass then look up not down don't be down lift up your heads for your redemption draws nigh what's it saying God has an answer See, anything that's going on in your life today, you, you need to know God has an answer. He has an answer. Look up. Don't be down. Don't be full of care. Don't be full of worry. God's got an answer. For everything that could go wrong, how many know he, he knows how to fix it? It's amazing. And when you seek Him, He'll give you the answer. You may not always like the answer, right? You know, he might say, "Quit doing this, quit doing that." Amen. Amen. You know, it, I don't know. You know, he might tell you, "Quit, quit, quit going here. Quit watching this. Quit doing that." You know, are you lazy? Or I'll look like God wouldn't talk me that way. Oh yeah, he, he, he'll tell you straight if you ask him. You know what I'm saying? He'll 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 let you know. I mean, when I say tell you, it's not like he booms from heaven and says, "Hey, you're lazy." But he'll get it across to you, won't he? Man, I've had him do that many times with me. It's like he's trying to tell me something, and every, every place I go, that shows up. That, you know what I mean? I mean, i have like, should I be preaching this message or not, you know? And some of you are thinking, no, I don't think you should be preaching this message tonight. No, you're, you're out of the conversation here. You know, and those times I'll just, I'll, everything I run into confirms it, you know? And it's like, all right, I got it. Amen. Now, all right, let's, 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 are you getting anything tonight? All right, let's look on here uh, real quickly. Let's go to uh, Philippians chapter 4. I want to look at two more things, and then we'll be done for tonight. Philippians chapter 4. <coughs> Excuse me. Go there, because this is a this is an important uh, subject in the Word. God wants us to be carefree. Now, carefree doesn't mean, res- you know, no responsibility. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that you... You're slacking your duties and all. You know, the casting of your care on the Lord, it's, it's not being irresponsible. It's, it, it's, it's giving it to someone in faith who can take care of it. But it doesn't mean like we just sit around don't do anything. We do our part. How many know that? You know? Because uh, I see that. I see sometimes people that, well, if God wants me to have that, well, he'll just, no, no, you got to do your part. Right? You've got to be diligent, faithful, be a doer of the word, believe. Amen. I've seen people say that. Like, if God wants me to have this, he w- and it's a promise from his word. It's a promise from his word. If God wants me to have this, then I'll just have it. No, no, you have to do your part. Faith without works is dead. You know, I, there's a story, and, and I, I taught on this a little bit at, at uh, Pastor Evelyn's church. I've, I mentioned it anyway. There's a story in the, in the book of Acts, where Paul is preaching, that says he's in Lystra, and he's preaching the gospel. And it says, there sat there a man who was crippled in his feet, who never had walked, the same heard Paul speak, and Paul perceived that he had faith to be healed. So does it take faith to be healed? Yes. Paul said he perceived he had faith to be healed, right? All right. How, how does faith come? Anybody know? By, by what? Hearing. By hearing and hearing by the word, the word of God. So faith comes by hearing the Word of God according to Romans chapter uh, 1, right? Verse 17. All right. So this guy has faith to be healed. How did he get faith to be healed? He heard the Word on it, didn't he? And well, who was preaching? So was Paul saying anything about healing? He had to be if the guy had faith to be healed. How else would he have gotten it? Right? Kind of like if I'm up here and and I say this tonight, I say, everybody before you leave, don't, don't run off fast, everybody before you leave, I'm going to give you a $100 bill. How many know you can have faith for a $100 bill? Right? Why? Because I said it. What if I just said, okay, I might give you a $100 bill if it's my will? How many know how many? What happened to your faith? It just left. What if I was to say I'm going to give somebody a hundred dollar bill? Well, you can't have faith for that because you don't know that it's you. So Paul said, if this guy had faith to be healed, Paul must have been preaching healing was the will of God, right? Or he couldn't have had it. But here's the interesting thing: he has faith to be healed, but he's not healed. Paul said, stand up right on your feet. And he stood up and he leaped and walked. When he did something, he was healed. Right? Remember, remember, remember the uh, lepers, you know, Jesus said, go your way, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were healed. I mean, they had to do something, didn't they? But they had some faith to go. And that Pastor Chuck was preaching on this years ago. And and I, and I don't know, I was just thinking, since he was preaching on that, I got to thinking uh, where, where Jesus was at to where they would have had to go show themselves to the priest, which would have been in Jerusalem. They were in Galilee, the Galilee area. They would have had to left Galilee area and traveled all the way to Jerusalem to show themselves to the priest, because the priest had in those days, the priest had to pronounce you cleansed from leprosy before you could go back out into society. And he had to be the one to do it. And so they had to go all that way. I, I went home and I looked that up and I found out it was at least from where they were at to where they had to go, it was at least 45 miles. When's the last time you walked 45 miles? It's been a while, right? I mean, you know, I, the most I think I've ever remember walking is maybe, you know, I've ran more than I've walked. I've ran 13-something, but I've only walked maybe six miles or something like that at a, at a clip, you know. Maybe a little more than that. But anyway, you know, my point in that is saying is when Jesus said to these guys, go show yourself to the priest, they weren't weren't healed yet. But they took off walking. They knew how far it was. So these guys are evidently prepared to walk 45 miles on the word of Jesus if it took it. Come on, y'all see what I'm saying? That's some faith, isn't it? That's acting on, right? I mean, otherwise, I mean, who would... Go do that if you didn't believe it. That's right. Amen. Amen. You know, well, you know, Jesus did things like that. You know, he, he put mud in a guy's eye and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam and all. Uh, well, it took some faith, right? I mean, why'd Jesus do that? <laughs> Ask him when you get there. <laughs> but anyway, how I many of Results is all that matters, right? You know, if the Lord says, stand on your head, and you'll be healed. Well, stand on your head. Well, it makes no sense to me. Well, wait a minute. You, some things that God does, he doesn't do goofy things, but sometimes they don't, they don't make sense at the time. But anyway, he knows what he's doing, right? Now, all right, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Paul said this, uh, try to be careful for nothing, that's not what he said, right? What did he say? Be careful or be anxious for what? Nothing. Nothing. Ain't that, isn't that the same? Pardon my English. Isn't that the same as saying, let not your heart be troubled? Yeah, same thing, isn't it? Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't, you don't let it be troubled. He said, do something about it. See, how many of you, we got to do our part. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, uh, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, you know, if you really do that in faith, guess what will happen? Verse 7 And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If you really do that in faith, how many know your heart has to be kept, right? It has to be guarded. Remember, Proverbs says, Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issue of life. See, if you don't like what you have in life, how many know you've got to change what you put in your heart? And he tells us one of the, one of the ways we change what we put in our heart. Verse 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are uh, just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any praise, if there, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think or meditate on these things. You've got to think the right thoughts. How many know that. You got. How you know, me know we all meditate, right? Yeah, right? Now, I'm not talking about, you know, Eastern meditation where you sit around and empty your mind of everything until, you know, with your legs crossed to you reach some kind of... You know, Navarna. you know, uh, you know. No, that's not what the Bible's talking about. But the Bible's talking about meditation. It's not talking about emptying your mind. It's talking about filling your mind. Fill your mind with God's Word. Fill your mind with the promises. And meditate, think on those, and think on good things. And don't don't sit around and think on the negative things. How I many know we meditate all day long, don't we? I mean, you know, people say, what you thinking? Nothing. <coughs> no, <laughs> Everybody's always thinking something, right? I don't know, there's been a few people in life I thought, well, that cup, that could be true. You know how people say, well, penny for your thoughts? You say, well, you're, you're overpaying. <laughs> but how I mean, know we're always meditating, right? We're always thinking on something, right? We have to learn, listen, this isn't just a ploy on words, but we have to learn to think about what we're thinking about. What am I sitting around meditating on? Am I sitting around and meditating on failure and seeing how my life is going to crash and how I'm not going to make it? Or am I sitting around meditating on the the goodness of God? Right? The promises of God. Did you know? Now listen, I don't mean this wrong. I don't mean this mean. But truth will help us, won't it? If we're depressed, you know why we're depressed? Because we're thinking about the wrong thing. You say, "What's well, my circumstance. My circumstances would change. No, really, really, that that's not true. That's not true. Because life is like this. You get one set of circumstances taken care of, there's another one comes around. Isn't that right? So if the devil can control your life by circumstances, well, then he will. But if he can't control you that way, guess what? You're, you're going to be free. You, see, you, it, it, you have to, you have to, you have to be responsible about what you're thinking about, what you're allowing yourself to meditate on. You have to, you have to police it. You have to have a, you have to have like that mentality where I'm, like Paul said, you know, casting down imaginations, and every high thing, and bringing every thought into captivity to obedience of Christ. That means you got to act like a, a policeman with your thought life, and you can't just sit around and think about. Uh, you know, all the negative stuff. Listen, if you don't do it, how many know, there's not, man, we can pray for you till we rub all the hair off your head, and that's not what happened to me or Travis. We just, right. In case you didn't hear that, Travis said kids. That's where his went. It was a high price to pay, brother, but... You're a trooper, man. (laughs) How many know you got to do something, right? If you don't do anything, if you don't police your thought life, if you don't don't say, no, I'm not going to sit around and meditate on that. Have you ever meditated on something and you could just see disaster and things going wrong and it never did turn out? You wasted all that time. Man, that was stupid. It is because it tormented you, right? You tormented yourself. Instead of of doing what you could have done, like Paul said, think on these things. Now, notice what he said. I want to read one more verse there, and then we'll look at one more scripture, and we'll be done tonight. But look at the last verse there, or verse 9. He says, those things which you have uh, uh, both learned, received, heard, and seen in me. Notice that. What's the word? Do. And the God of peace will be with you. Well, what if you don't do that? Will the God of peace be with you? Well, God will be with you, but peace won't be with you. And you want him as the God of peace. Like, like Gideon making that altar, Jehovah Shalom. Now let's go to First Peter, and let's close right here. First Peter chapter five. See, so you just got to keep the cares out of your heart because they'll stop the word of God from working. They'll stop. People say, well, I don't understand why the Word doesn't work for me, Pastor. Well, you, you don't, don't ever blame the Word. Go back and check your heart and make sure that you're good soil. Uh, is there things in, in your life that's choking out the Word, choking out the production of the Word of God? Are, are you allowing cares in there? And they're bigger than, you know, God's Word. Amen? You know, sometimes, uh, you know, we don't know what to do in a situation, But, I mean, God always knows what to do. You know, I think about the Old Testament story where Jehoshaphat and Judah were being approached by those invading armies that outnumbered them. And Jehoshaphat said, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. See, we got, we got, we're looking the right direction. We've we got our thoughts and going the right way. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Not, we don't have enough power to fight this company, God. Remember that story in 2 Chronicles 20? He said, we, we don't have the power to do this, but our eyes are on you. And, and, and then the Spirit of the Lord came on this guy, and he prophesied and said, you don't need to fight in this battle. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord's with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. And Josaphat, when the guy got done, he said, believe in the Lord your God. Believe his prophets. Believe what was just prophesied. Let's send, the, let's send the praise team out. They kind of messed up last week anyway. Send them out first. That was a joke, praise team. Send them out first and let them face the army. And guess what? They won a great battle that day. Three days and gathering the spoil was so much. See, if you let God do your fighting for you, victory's really rich. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Minister I know, he's wanting to build a building, you know, new building. And he's wanting to build it like around the airport, you know. And uh, the city didn't want a church. They just didn't want a church, another church built. So he he goes into this meeting, you know, which I've been there. I've been there before the city council and all those people, you know and you're in there, and, it, you know, you can let it intimidate you if you don't watch it. And, uh, you know, he says, I'm i in, in there, and he said, some of my people came with me. They're sitting out there, you know, uh, too, uh, and he said, they told me, he said, no, nah, we're not going to give you a permit to build your, your church there. Uh, what if, uh, what if uh, an airplane crashed in your church and killed all the people? And and my friend said, well, with all due respect, you just dedicated a hospital at the end of the runaway strip there. See, See, they just didn't want a church there. And so he said, you know, they they voted, you know. And he said, uh, they voted against it. But God, everybody say, but God. He said, but the person recording it said my machine messed up. Said I didn't get all that. I don't. Know, they punched it in or something. I don't know anything about that. But anyway, they they said well, you're going to have to vote again. I didn't. I didn't get all that. He said you could hear my people praying. They were out there praying, you know. And they voted again. And this time they voted for him to get Billy's church there. Amen. See, the Lord will fight your battles for you if you just trust Him. You know, you can walk away, oh, gosh, no, it's over. No, it's never over till God says it's over with, right? Right? Yeah, but it's Goliath. Well, great, that's promotion. You kill him and everybody will sing your praise. Amen. Now, look at this in 1 Peter. We'll close right here. 1 Peter chapter 5, go there. The Bible says in verse 6, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. I no, God wants to exalt you. He just doesn't want you doing it. But He wants you exalted. Casting all your care upon Him. How much of it? Oh. For He cares for you. Right? right. Now listen to this. Because this, this is connected. This, you know, it, this is connected. Verse 8 and 9 is connected with verse 7. Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Well, how, how is one way he'll devour you? He'll devour you with care. Remember, Jesus said the, the devil comes immediately to take the word out, and then he lists the things, affliction, persecution. Then he's the cares of this world. See, so he, he brings those. If he gets the word out of you, how many know he's going to devour you? Amen. And... Uh, because, you know, we got to have some backbone about us. Right? You know, one brother said one time, he said, you know, the devil's, with Calvary, the devil's had his teeth pulled. You know, he's, he says he's as a roaring lion, but all he's got left is a roar. His teeth have been pulled. Jesus pulled his teeth. He said, but sometimes Christians are so gullible and so pliable and so weak, he can just gum them to death. Some of you don't know what that, I'm too country, I guess. Okay. You know, my grandpa didn't have, one of my grandpa, he didn't have teeth, you know. I mean, he lost his teeth. And these are the days, I mean, he, false teeth, you know, they make them out of wood or something. Go will you some, whatever. But he didn't have false teeth, you know. You know, well, like, how do you eat? I don't know. He ate peanuts and everything. Well, he ate chocolate bars. I think he'd spit the peanuts out. But anyway, you know, get the chocolate off of chocolate peanuts. You, all right, let's don't go there. Anyway, <laughs> he said, you know, that the we're so sometimes we're just so gullible we just get gummed to death. I mean we've got to have some strength about us. Amen. We don't just give up on the first boo. <coughs> Amen. But we're having like Paul said, having done all to stand, stand there for. Right. So when the dust clears, we're still standing there. Right. I was watching this fight one night between the Vander Holyfield and a guy by the name of Riddick, Big Daddy Bo. And I'm telling you, i never seen anything like it. I mean, Holyfield was just, he was a, like the 10th round. Holyfield was just staggering all over the place. He was just, he was, I mean, today, today they just called it. You know, this was a few years ago where they, they let it go a little longer than they will today. And, and, you know, you could hear, anybody remember a guy by the name of George Foreman? George Foreman was calling. He's one of the call, you know, the announcers on this fight. And he's standing up, and you can hear him, Stop the fight! Stop the fight! Stop the fight! You know, you can hear him in the background hollering. And, and Evander Holyfield just wouldn't quit. He just wouldn't go down. And I'm thinking, It's over with, man. And I'm thinking, Stop the fight. Just stop the fight. It's over with. Stop it. But you know what? Something happened. Evander Holyfield came back and won that fight. Amen. And they always said he had the heart of a lion. He may not have been the best fighter, but but you're going to have to really beat him to beat him because he wouldn't quit. That's the way we believers got to be. Amen? Amen. 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 You know, I also watched a fight one time between Chuderega Leonard and Roberto Duran. And during the fight, Roberto Duran said, No mas, no mas, no mas, no more, no more, no more, and quit. That's not the way we're supposed to be. Now he was a good fighter. He trying to be a good fighter, but for some reason he's had enough that night. Amen. How many know we shouldn't the devil should never see us sweating, right? Come on, are you with me now? Now, now here now let's finish reading this out. He says, verse nine, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. In other words, the devil, he's going after everybody. You're not alone. Well, I'm the only one. No, no, you're not alone. All your brethren and all your sisters in the world, he's, he's, he's attacking them. But you gotta st- you got to stay steadfast. Cast your care over on the Lord. Hallelujah. Right. And don't let him devour you with that because he'll just keep piling it on if, if he can get away with it. I mean, if he finds out it works, yep. he'll do it. Yep. Right. But when he finds out it doesn't work and he realizes he's not got you, how I many the devil studies, and this isn't probably fun to no, know, we'll close with this, but you know the devil studies, the, the, the devil, when i talk about devil, how I many know he doesn't do it all himself, he's got people working for him, right? And uh, the Bible talks about the wiles or the tricks of the devil in Ephesians. He, he knows what works on you. That's why you've got to do like Paul said, lay aside every sin and every weight to beset you. Watch out, watch out, man. Figure out those areas you need to strengthen and strengthen those areas. Hallelujah. Amen? And God will help you. Praise God. you get something tonight? Let's all stand up. Thank God for His Word. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.